Senator Rand Paul. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am James BCP. Now, I just play that little blurb there. Introduction. Rand Paul with Breitbart News detailing a letter, uh, excuse me, an email that they have where they have dead to rights Fauci on lying about gain of function to Congress and a referral being made for a criminal prosecution of said Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, we know that's not going to happen, so I'm not giving you false hope. But the evidence in this email is very damning. And the date of this says everything. This was in February of 2020, before any lockdowns, before the pandemic even really reached any sort of havoc level in the United States. Listen to this. When I first encountered him in March of 2020, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I thought he was a disinterested public health figure. But every encounter I've had with him and every interaction I've seen with him, I've grown more and more to believe that he is a dishonest individual who served to, from the very beginning, cover up his responsibility for the pandemic. And, you know, the evidence out this last week that uh, he wrote a summary of a phone call from February 1st, 2020. This is when they're just beginning to look into the pandemic. And in that email, he basically says, yes, we're suspicious that this could be a manipulated virus because it came from a lab in Wuhan where they do gain-of-function research. And he describes the research. Well, this directly contradicts everything he said in committee hearing to me, denying absolutely that they funded any gain-of-function and it absolutely is a lie. That's why we ended up referring him again this week to the Department of Justice mm. for prosecution for lying to Congress. Oh, and the information was so juicy in this email that they used it to send a referral for criminal, criminal prosecution of Fauci. So it definitely merits our looking into what this email is all about. Uh, okay, that's a serious thing. So what? Well, I got, we got to get into more detail then. What specifically... Did that email say, and who was it sent to? This was a, uh, so that's, from the very beginning, the end of January 2020, they're getting the news out of out of China that there's a pandemic starting. There's an exchange of emails between Anthony Fauci and uh, half a dozen prominent international virologists. And these emails go back and forth, and some of them go to three in the morning. And as he's frantically going back and forth with these emails, these virologists from around the world are saying they're looking at the genetic sequence of, of uh, COVID-19, and they find that there are some striking, strikingly unusual characteristics of it that make it look like it's been manipulated in the lab. These people were experts, obviously, in virology, but they were experts in gain of function. Why? I think this next part, I'd never heard this before, at least put it this way by Rand Paul. These weren't just people familiar with gain of function. These were evil, literally evil mad scientists who were for gain of function. And so these, this band of close virologists that are his close buddies, and these are all people who have been proponents previously of gain of function research, creating viruses that don't occur in nature through experimentation. 
they all tell him it looks manipulated. These were all proponents of gain-of-function research. They were all in for creating viruses in a lab that don't occur naturally in nature. This is what happens with these evil, demonic, satanic, luciferian types. They say they don't believe in God and they try to play God. They want to have the power of God instead of just bowing their knee and submitting to the one and only true God and his son, Jesus Christ. Who, by the way, I know this is not a religious channel. The reason why I am a fan of my God is because he wants a willing heart and submission, not a forced one like other religions. But I digress. These are very evil people wanting to play God. They were for gain of function. And you have to wonder, now that this is discovered, because some of them weren't in on this. Fauci was, but not all of them were in on it. Isn't it interesting that their de facto thing, once they start investigating, appears to me to, to, to be into cover-up mode? Why would you go into cover-up mode if you're a proponent of this research? Because, of course, they knew what the end result of these viruses being manipulated and created in a lab would do and what it would lead to. So they have a phone call on February 1st of 2020. All these people decide what to do. What do we do? What, you know, what should we do in the investigation of where this thing came about since it looked like it may have come from a lab? They were discussing the investigations that would lead back to a lab-created COVID-19. Is it me, folks, or does it appear that they were in cover-up mode from the very beginning of this? So he summarizes the phone call about a day later, and it's in an email that they have never released to us that then finally was obtained uh, through Freedom of Information Act and through the House involvement through threat of subpoena. These are things I've been trying to get at for two years now, but they've refused to give us. They get an email, and it's Fauci doing a summary, about a paragraph or two summary by email to everybody and to other members of government, summarizing what went on in the phone call. And basically, he describes the worry among all these virologists, himself included. He's not a virologist, but he also has worry. And his worry that it looks like it's been manipulated, and this is especially suspicious because we know they do gain-of-function research in, in Wuhan, and he describes the research. But the research he describes, when you look up the actual journal articles when they were published, lists an NIH and or, and or an NIAID, which is the agency with NIH that he ran, they list grant numbers. So we have proof that basically he funded this research, and now we have proof that he acknowledged that it was gain-of-function wow. research. Dr. Fauci, who has been lying about the gain of function, his role in the gain of function, and COVID-19, we now have this documented email in which he summarizes exactly all the things, all the major points that he was de denying previously. And this is going all the way back to February of 2020, a full month plus before the temporary lockdown to flatten the curve okay compared to what has he told you and, and under oath 
when he came to the lab on two separate occasions and we gave him a chance to correct the record under threat of perjury, uh, he said unequivocally, we have never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. And it's basically a lie in his own words now. We also have wow. email exchanges early on in 2020 between his assistants. So on the first day in late January 2020, when they're telling him what's going on and that his assistants have done a sort of a search to see their NIH's involvement, they tell him, here's a paper, and they send him a journal article about some Wuhan research on bat viruses. And in it, his assistant in the subject line of the email says, gain-of-function research in Wuhan. And then he says, you know, this is stuff we funded. Oh, but it gets worse as far as the cover-up is concerned. Now, folks, I said a, a few moments ago, and I wasn't joking, not everyone was in on this. But Dr. Fauci was in on it. He was in on the cover-up before we even understood or knew about the pandemic and the lab leak. But then one of the assistants says, I don't understand this because it never went through the committee that's supposed to scrutinize gain of function. And this is where the real culpability comes in. They set up a committee in 2017 because there'd already been a decade-long debate about this research being dangerous and potentially wiping out civilization with creation of viruses that are deadly, that are specifically made to be more infectious in humans. So anyway, they set up a committee, and it was supposed to review dangerous research. But what ended up happening is this research in Wuhan that they funded through NIH funds with Fauci's approval never went to the committee to be scrutinized for safety. They went around the committee with his approval. The only way you can avoid the committee is you have to have the head of an agency's approval. Now, we'll go back to the conversation that Dr. Senator Rand Paul had with Breitbart. But, but you know, my job and one thing I like to do is, is, is to make connections. So Fauci, they're, look, they're, they're, you know, they're looking for the document, but Fauci essentially gave him a pass on the safety protocol so they can mess with all this gain of function stuff. A few days ago on Capitol Hill, Jim Jordan and them were having a hearing on this about the safety level. And you gotta, I got to play this clip for you. Not only did Fauci do an end run to avoid the safety protocols for them to do this research, and the safety protocols that they should have been using were still not safe enough. It should have been at a higher level still. Let me repeat this. Anthony Fauci did an end run so they would have less safety standards and the safety standards they should have abided by weren't even safe enough. Let me play you what happened on Capitol Hill a few days ago. You, don't, you guys don't know whether they were doing gain-of-function research or not. You think they weren't. I think they were. You think they weren't. But regardless of that, what they were doing there, what the, the, the biosafety level at that lab wasn't up to the code it should have been for the research they were doing. Uh, doing this type of research at BSL-2 using bat coronaviruses is commonly done at BSL-2. The lab work, or the animal work, I should say, is done in BSL-3. Again, this is all what available. What level of lab would the... you want? If you're doing the research, Dr. Anderson or Dr. Gary, what level lab, uh, what level would you want, two or three? 
This would again typically be con this would typically be approved at biosafety level two. However, as I said from the beginning, is that I believe, especially given everything we know based on how many of these coronaviruses we have, that this kind of work should in future via international regulations be done at BSL-3. Should be done at a higher level than it was done there. So whatever biosafety level two that they should have been at, Fauci gets them to bypass all those safety protocols, but this thing is so bad, they actually should have been operating at biosafety level three. Actually, they shouldn't be playing God and messing with any of this stuff at all in the first place. Uh, this is a huge deal. I'm getting very excited about the Senator. Now, it's a great conversation they had. They talked about some other things uh, on there. And uh, Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul says that, man, they're, they're still looking for that smoking gun document that would link Dr. Fauci with signing off on foregoing the safety protocols in the research. Now, what I also found interesting about this is, you know how they, they say we're conspiracy theorists and we're crazy because we believe the elitists when they themselves say that they want to reduce population. We're the crazy tinfoil hatters because we believe the elitists when they say that they have an agenda to lower the population and we're supposed to be the crazy conspiracy theorists when we say that this gain of function, what that COVID was a gain of function lab leaked bioweapon that was already predetermined, predestined, pre-programmed to wipe out humans. This whole thing about b this being a bat virus, and I, I want to play. I don't want to play all that science stuff that was in in this conversation. But let me just summarize a portion of it before I play you this next clip. COVID-19 that supposedly came from bats and animals that were supposedly naturally occurring from animals that then affected humans. That, that The original strain of the virus was not even a strain that was affecting animals. It was already dangerous to humans, no longer dangerous or even being passed on to animals. So, of course, you have to draw the obvious conclusion about that. Strangely, this, uh, this virus was already pre-adapted for humans. This is part of the evidence that people think it was manipulated in lab so it would be more infectious to humans. There is a possibility that in the laboratory they could create a virus that could wipe out half the planet. There are viruses that already have 50% mortality. If we don't stop doing this, we're going to one day create something far worse than COVID-19, and that's the end point for me. Well, apparently that would be the end point for 50% or more of us when that next virus plandemic scamdemic comes out. Now, I'll be very clear. I am not an RFK Jr. proponent. I do like some of the stuff that he's saying. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. And it seems to me that perhaps Bobby Kennedy Jr. is the, the old type of Democrat that you could respect, that you have huge disparities on how to solve problems. Democrats wanting to use government to solve the problems that government causes in the first place. I learned that at the age of 18 as a college freshman at UC Berkeley, that you can't 
can't cure a problem with the problem. So you can't cure the ills of government with more government. You do that with more personal freedom and a government that's supposed to guarantee those personal freedoms. Oh, you know, kind of like the Constitution that we have in the United States. But Robert Kennedy Jr. is totally right on pretty much everything. Now, I don't want to make that kind of statement because I haven't read or seen or heard everything that that Junior uh, Kennedy Jr. is talking about COVID and the vaccine, but he's definitely in the right place to the point where the left is absolutely maddening and foaming at the mouth to silence this man who essentially is one of their own. Folks, this is a Kennedy. Remember how much they love Ted Kennedy and how much they say they love the Kennedys? Of course, they killed him. John F. Kennedy, that is, and his brother. But since then, they've romanticized the Kennedy name. They love Teddy Boy. You know, the guy who left a woman to drown so he wouldn't get caught cheating. But man, when it comes to Junior and his talking about the vaccine and the virus and anything having to do with that, the cover-up continues. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is testifying on Capitol Hill today. The Republican-led House subcommittee is holding a hearing on what it's calling, quote, the weaponization of the federal government. Members accuse the government of, quote, censoring Americans. RFK Jr.'s testimony is surrounding his claims that he was censored on social media by the federal government. Let's listen to a clip from his testimony. And the First Amendment was not written for easy speech. It was written for the speech that nobody likes you for. Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. continues to vociferously defend uh, himself and his comments suggesting that he has been misconstrued and misrepresented, misunderstood. Uh, this comes just days after he made a very controversial remark suggesting that uh, COVID was a bio, was engineered as a bioweapon to ethnically target, uh, you know, Asakanazi Jews and Chinese people, uh, that they were spared from the virus, whereas uh, African-Americans and uh, whites uh, were not. And he claims that he made those comments. He was pressed uh, multiple times by lawmakers uh, on those remarks. Uh, he continued to claim that he was being uh, misrepresented and misunderstood, that he was citing studies uh, related to those remarks. Uh, but uh, many Democrats in particular uh, weren't buying that. Now, it's funny that CBS doesn't really go into the details of what lengths the Democrats went to because they weren't buying, as CBS puts it, RFK Jr.'s ideas, thoughts, conclusions, etc. What really happened, folks, is irony beyond irony. In this subcommittee on the weaponization of the government and their censoring of points of view that goes against the government's official stance on things, they tried, the Democrats, tried to censor RFK Jr. These folks have no sense of irony or hypocrisy because for the most part, they are sociopaths. The Democrats tried to censor and silence RFK Jr. so he couldn't testify in a public hearing and then they could manipulate things behind closed doors. Here, here's a, 
a summation. Uh, I'll edit it down because it was several minutes. The process of which they tried to shut RFK Jr. up and censor him in a subcommittee meeting about the censorship and done by the weaponized government. Every single day, folks, I can't believe I live in this upside down, wacky world, twilight zone, in which irony is just an everyday thing when it comes to the powers that be. This is a letter that many of you signed, many of my fellow Democrats. I've spent my life in this party. I've devoted my life to the values of this party. This 102 people signed this. This itself is evidence of the problem that this hearing was convened to address. This is an attempt to censor a censorship hearing. The, the, the charges in this, and, and by the way, censorship is antithetical to our party. It was, it was appalling to my father, to my uncle, to FDR, Harry Truman, Thomas Jefferson, as the chairman referred to, it is the basis for democracy. It sets us apart from all of the previous forms of government. I'd like to raise, I'd like to raise a point of order. Gentlelady, you state a point of order. Point of order, pursuant to House Rule 11, Clause 2, which Mr. Kennedy is violative of, I move that we move into executive session because Mr. Kennedy has repeatedly made despicable anti-Semitic and anti-Asian comments as recently as last week. Rule 11, Clause 2 says, whenever it is asserted by a member of the committee that the evidence or testimony at a hearing may tend to defame, degrade, or incriminate any person, or it is asserted by a witness that the evidence or testimony that the witness would give at a hearing may tend to defame, degrade, or incriminate the witness, and it goes on. Mr. Kennedy, uh, among many other things, has said, I know a lot now about bioweapons. We put out hundreds of millions of dollars in, into ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there is an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races disproportionately. The races that are most immune to COVID-19 are- The lady making a motion or a speech? I, and I've made a motion to move into executive session because Mr. Mr. Kennedy's testimony- Mr. Chairman, I move to table the motion. The gentleman from Kentucky has moved to table. Okay, for those that are unclear or not used to congressional procedure, we have Florida Democrat and a very evil person in our own right. If you don't know about Debbie Wasserman Schultz, go down that rabbit hole. Let's just say Clinton cover-up person. You have Debbie Wasserman Schultz saying that she doesn't like the things that RFK Jr. has said Therefore, she doesn't want him to speak publicly in this subcommittee meeting on censorship and the weaponization of government in censorship. So she wants to move that he can't speak publicly, that he can have essentially a closed door hearing with them. And then someone says, I want to table that. So she puts the motion to have him have to testify behind closed doors, essentially. And then another Republican says... I want to table that motion. Let's just squash it. Let's just get rid of that altogether. Then they take a vote whether this motion by Congresswoman uh, Wasserman Schultz should be tabled or not, and they continue, or if he should be censored. And it should come as no surprise that the Democrats wanted to censor RFK Jr. and not let him peak, uh, speak publicly, but the Republicans wanted him to be able to speak publicly. 
who really is for free speech, Republicans or Democrats? It used to be Democrats would die on that hill with Republicans to free speech. Questions Mr. Chairman, I ask for a roll call vote on the, on the motion to table. Well, let me ask the question. The question is on the motion to table. The gentlelady has asked for a roll call vote. The clerk will, will have to step back for a second. The clerk will have to come in. We'll call the roll on the motion to table. Yeah, why don't we do that? Maybe we can go right down here. Mr. 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 Chairman, point of order. Gentleman from Louisiana. Is it the custom of this committee to censor viewpoints that we disagree with from witnesses? Mr. Chairman, I have That's a not motion. a point of order. I have order. a motion on the table. There's a motion and the vote's been called. We have House we're waiting for, we're waiting for the clerks. Is violative of waiting Rule 11, Clause 2. Waiting for the clerks. The clerk will call the roll. Damn, these Democrats. They're a nasty, petulant bunch, aren't they? Impatient, bossy. I've said this several times, but I can't think of anything more insufferable for a man to have to be married to a Democrat woman or for a conservative woman to have to be married to a soy boy Democrat. Uh, I believe, obviously, in interracial marriage. I am black and Puerto Rican. My wife is 100% Mexican, but they're of Spanish and French descent. Her grandparents are European uh, immigrants. My wife's uh, uh, grandparents are European immigrants to Mexico. But I would highly suggest anyone that wants to marry outside of core values, rethink that. Because when I hear people like Debbie Wasserman Schultz or some of these other people, they are just bat crap crazy. And I think it would be impossible to deal with. But anyway, I digress. Let me show you some highlights of what happened in the process of taking the vote to table the motion or not. Mr. Jordan. Yes. Mr. Jordan votes yes. Mr. Issa. Mr. Massey. Yes, to not censor. Mr. Massey votes yes. Mr. S- Ms. Stefanik. Yes. Ms. Stefanik votes yes. Ms. Hageman votes yes. Ms. Pascott. No, I want to follow the rules that the Republicans made at the beginning of this uh, conference with these House rules, so no. Ms. Pascat votes no. Mr. Lynch? No. Mr. Lynch votes no. Ms. Sanchez? No, because it's violative of the rules. Ms. Sanchez votes no. Ms. Wasserman Schultz? No to allowing a witness to degrade and others and violate the rules and not have his testimony and degradation amplified rather than given an executive session. Ms. Wasserman Schultz votes no. Mr. Connolly? No to the Soviet Politburo. (laughs) A Democrat votes no to the Soviet Politburo. Literally voting to not table Wasserman Schultz's motion so they can have RFK Jr. not be able to publicly testify because they don't like his speech and he wants to make the Republicans, make it sound like the Republicans are the Soviets. Yep, they're still with that whole Russian thing. Absolute nuttery. Absolute nuttery coming out of Capitol Hill. Mr. Goldman? No to hate speech. Mr. Goldman votes no. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that, was, uh, that was the uh, person sharing that, of course. Jim Jordan going, geez. Like, even he is, like, flabbergasted uh, by the insanity of the leftists he has to deal with. At the end of the day, the those who are 
who are against censorship prevailed and Bobby Kennedy Jr. got to continue his sharing of his ideas, of his answering of questions, and his participation in this hearing. In other words, the attempt by the Democrats to censor a Democrat on a subcommittee hearing about the government weaponization by censoring dissenting voices prevailed. Wow, was that a mouthful. I'll be back tomorrow with another report. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless. And once again, thank you for your support and don't forget to purchase some merch. I did see some of your comments. Mrs. BCP will be working on the feminine merch very soon. Have patience with us. But everything else right now is pretty unisex. Go check it out. Links are down below. Power!